You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. Most of the wounds in our life have come from relationships. So today, Danny and Brittany are going to talk about spiritual warfare, inner healing, and how to become a whole healthy person the way God intended. So we're going to get right to it, and this week's episode of The Kylo Show is coming to you right now. Hello, everybody. We're back here at the Kylo Show. Here we are. Ta-da. <laughs> we're having fun. We're having fun. So we're still talking about singles. Mm-hmm. We are doing a whole little segment about singles, which we're, is, if you thought you missed it, you just caught it in time. just got episode two mm-hmm. of singles. Yeah, and we're just kind of breaking down the Kylo principles like we do. We're trying to um, really... I mean, I Ben and I youth, worked in youth ministry for years, and there's a lot of singles in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fun part is we watched a lot of them get married, mm-hmm. you know. But I remember just so many times having conversation after conversation with these young men or young women, just helping them become powerful, really chasing away the fear. I mean, giving them, I don't know how many different resources we have here at Loving on Purpose for communication, and then, you know, really just what's the priority of your connection, and boundaries is always one I feel like no matter what season you are in life, these are all great, but boundaries are definitely in there, but again, just working with singles that are on this hunt for someone that they spend the rest of their life with, I cannot stress enough how important it is to really do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. I... I uh, speaking of work, I I was the regional manager for uh, an area in Northern California as a social worker for mm-hmm. foster care, and uh, so I, most the social workers I w- crossed paths with were female, and the ones that worked with us were single. And I remember one; she was, uh, I think she was thirty six, mm-hmm. and she was single. And she wanted to be married so bad. Yeah. But she would say, I would rather be single than wish I was. That's a great line. It's a great line. That's a and really great it line. It will forever stick in my mind as someone who is doing the work, looking for someone else who's doing the work. Mm-hmm. And she, in all her potential mm-hmm. relationships, uh, she just never, never crossed paths with somebody that was had done what she had done and mm-hmm. she had a hu- huge value for it. And then one day she found him. Oh, that's yep. perfect. I love that. It's <laughs> a great story. You know, and I think this, uh, this week's topic is really that love over fear. And I would say a lot of conversations Ben and I have had over the years with singles is there's an element of feeling afraid of getting hurt, mm-hmm. afraid of repeating what their parents have done. Mm-hmm. Um, afraid of not being ready or not, you know, doing the work or have they done enough work or, you know, I I think sometimes I would say my personality can be like, well, maybe they're not ready. I'm pretty sure I'm ready, but Mm. they're not ready. But being willing to really look at myself Mm. as well, Mm. you know. Um, But yeah, I think that's one of the big things that we want to talk about in this episode is really kind of Chasing after that fear mm-hmm. that can hold you what feels paralyzed 
to moving forward or maybe looking at some things um, and just all that's required to go after that. And so the five principles. Mm-hmm. You know, last week we talked about being powerful. Mm-hmm. This week we're talking about essentially choosing love over fear, which is get rid of as much fear as you can find. Yep. Um, keep your goal of connection in front of you so that you have some way to recalibrate your camp, your compass over and over mm-hmm, and over. Mm-hmm. Keep the respect levels high in your communication, meaning you're trying to protect that connection that you're pursuing, and then be sure to honor uh, healthy boundaries, both by listening for them and expressing them. Yeah, those are all great. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about kind of the inner healing world of going after this, the junk that might be in your life. Mm. You know, really, what is that? When we say inner healing, it feels like there's lots of different things that can come up. So what are some strategies? What are some things that we can help these single people of going after those wounds, going after those lies, going after those things that are keeping them fear bound? Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe the first thing you have to deal with is just the 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 phrase inner healing, because I'm always surprised how many people who've never experienced inner healing are against it. <laughs> it's like you know when little kids says, "I hate chocolate." I'm like I don't think you've ever had it. You, know, you can say that, but yeah. maybe you really don't. Maybe you don't. Have you tried it? No, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there is there is an aspect of getting to the deepest parts of your brain, which is really your attachment center, hmm. and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen by information. It happens by experience. You got those wounds by experience. Hmm. You get those healed by experience. So you know you can you can shaba your way all the way through this thing and scream and yell and hoot and howl and and or just quietly disciple and study and memorize. But it, it has everything to do with you actually experiencing truth in the presence of the Lord. Mm. And that's good inner healing. That is, is something that, that puts you in a memory with the presence of truth, the presence of the Lord, mm-hmm. and then you address that same situation and you walk out of it with a different memory. Mm. You're like, oh. I didn't have the Lord in that spot before. Mm-hmm. Once I recognized him and what he was doing, saying, adding to that situation, it changes the memory. It changes the situation for you. And now you have a different belief about you, other people, whoever did that, your future. It, it It's super powerful. Yeah. I think, you know... Again, I, walking through so many different um, groups of people that are single and and kind of the moment where I feel like they, they hit inner healing in this one area. It, it, it does, it changes how they participate in other relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It changes what they believe they can bring to a relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And it is a very powerful, like I we have a dear friend that I love him, but he had some some cycles of just what he knew from his childhood Mm -hmm. and without even thinking about it it just kept defaulting trigger and defaulting and we're like we would we would speak to it and and tell him like 
what is truth? What is truth? And it wasn't until not, it was just an experience. It really was this breakthrough that came. And now there's, it's like a different human we're seeing. Yeah. And it's because he went on this journey of, I keep finding myself in this muddy swamp looking for someone. I don't want to be in here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I remember watching him come to the house for one night and just, he was coming through town and I told Ben, I'm like, I don't know who that guy is, but he looks way different than where we've been just the year before. And so much of that came through breakthrough that he found in a belief system. Yeah. We wrote down some of the beliefs that people pick up in, uh, in trauma and, and they don't, they don't assign it to trauma, mm-hmm. but you walk away with no one is really going to take care of my needs. Mm. I have to do it myself. I'm on my own. Yeah. So when you pick up that that belief, that came from some unhealed experience of abandonment yeah. or rejection or something back mm-hmm. here. And we rarely do we we take responsibility for how much those things affect us because when you're little and you're and you are needing something and you are alone and there's nobody around to supply it and there's and there's no reassurance that you're going to be taken care of mm-hmm. you do begin to form a belief system it's it's kind of like being in a cage with a tiger as mm-hmm. a child yeah and you're just not sure what's going to happen next. The depth of the fear, the depth of the impact of that rela- that moment is setting you up for mm-hmm. what you're going to determine moving forward. So what are some of the behaviors? Like if the lie you have is no one is really going to take care of my needs and I have to take care of myself, what is a common default res- reaction or response to that? And not a- asking for help. Okay. So another one is something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. How so, does that get lived out? Um, well, oftentimes I set people up to reject me. Okay. Um, another one is I'll never be loved for just who I am. I'm on a performance treadmill all the time trying to earn love. Okay. And the world is not a safe place and I have to protect myself. Angry. Yeah, I was going to say that. Angry. I am just uh, angry and manipulative and controlling. Mm -hmm. And it uh, it's different from the from I'm on my own in that I don't mind asking for help Mm -hmm. because it's part of putting the planet to work Mm -hmm. to get what I need. Yeah, I just. I mean, I think looking at those and then kind of, again, this is a, a generalization of what is kind of the behavior that comes with those lies. Just trying to help people see, like, are these some of the tendencies that you're picking up mm-hmm. and and protecting or activating in your life that maybe you need to go and address? And just having no idea where they're coming from. Right. But I, I just keep trying to not do the destructive thing. But I keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over again. Which I think, you know, so how do you have this experience with the Lord that replaces the truth of, you know, the belief I have is that there's something wrong with me? You know, what does that look like? Is that a 
certain activity or does it just happen? Well, it's a combo of, of Scripture. I mean, you, you, you have to understand that you are fully accepted in Christ. That's, you know, the, the unconditional agape love that God has for us mm-hmm. is, you know, you can, you can beat Jesus to death, and right before he dies, he says, Father... Please forgive them. So, you know, you're 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 having a rough day, but you didn't beat Jesus to death, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand we hung him on the yes, cross yes. and all that, but I, I'm I'm saying that he loved his enemies, mm-hmm. which is a giant lesson for all of us. He loved his enemies. So how much more does he love a dearly grafted in son or daughter? Mm-hmm. And so the, you have to know the scripture of reconciliation and justification. You, you have to believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. But the experience is that I watch him do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I invite him into that place and I watch him love me mm-hmm. as I am. I didn't have to dress up. I didn't have to act a certain way. I came in my weakness. I came in my brokenness. I came in my sin, and I watch him love me. So it sounds like um, just kind of an activation of submission with the Father Mm -hmm. to just kind of go after areas through scriptures and through just that place of, I guess, being willing to be, I'm, I'm broken here, Lord, and I need you to fix this. Uh, I need, yeah, it, it's like when we love our children, the, some of the most tender, deep experiences that we have with our children is in their failure, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, they've, they've blown it, mm-hmm. and we're, uh, you know, and they're even saying things like, um, you hate me, you can't love me right now. You know, I'm, I, I, I shouldn't be your your child. Mm-hmm. You know, they their their guilt and their shame is trying to strangle them. And my job is to come over and to just remove the 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 grip of shame and guilt off my child and make sure that they experience feeling loved mm-hmm. rather than be trapped. And that's often what the the trauma of childhood is that. That child was trapped in guilt and shame and rejection and punishment. And they just, it was, it was an ongoing loop because the parent had it too. So yeah. it was a reinforcing kind of sins of the fathers will be visited upon the children's children. And it goes on and on because there was no intervention of truth. There was just the strangulation of wounds and lies that kept ripping through the family. Well, I think as you're talking, I just keep thinking about, you know, people that feel stuck in trapped in these lies that they've believed, which kept them handicapped to having successful relationships, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a romantic one or a friendship. But, you know, if we could just encourage you to go on that journey with the Lord to discover and remove those lies, I think we have enough hope that we've seen so many stories of breakthrough that 
That's what God wants to do. He wants to meet you there. He wants to be the loving father that maybe you didn't get um, and wants to run to you in those places of those wounds and remove those lies so that you can have all that he wants you to have, which God loves family. He loves covenant relationships. And so that is something that God wants for you. So do not, um, do not stop chasing after health and wholeness. Cause I think that's really something that we, we know God is fully capable of and he wants to do so. Are we going to questions? I, we are. I okay. just wanted to put that out there to make sure that they just, oh, you go. know, we're, we're cheering you on to go get, go get healthy. Yeah, it's truth, you know, and the truth sets us free. But wounds make us afraid of the truth, mm. and we trigger a defensive response when anybody can give us feedback or truth. Yeah. And so we stay trapped in bondage because we don't love truth. Yeah. We say we do, but we don't act like we do. Yeah. Well, go find some truth. Yep. It's good for you. It's all over the mm-hmm. place. Yep. All right, we're going to jump into questions. If you want to become a whole, healthy person, you're going to need some help. But don't worry, we got the perfect thing for you. It's the Loving on Purpose Life Academy. Inside there, you're going to take a bunch of relationship courses. They're going to help improve your relationship with God, yourself, and others. So to grow your character and improve your relationship, go ahead and visit lovingonpurpose.com and click courses now. All right. So our first question that we have comes from Allie. Okay. Here's my question. I am a single Jesus loving woman. Um, I got out of a two year, super toxic, um, emotionally, I would say abusive in some senses relationship with a man that I thought I was going to marry We were in leadership in a large missions organization, super dynamic. It was super devastating. Um, I walked through tons of healing in 2020 and really honestly just fell more in love with Jesus. I've never been super consumed with wanting to get married or obsessing about it. Um, However, it is a desire of my heart. But my question would be as a single woman who has experienced Um, such intense trauma and and being cheated on and betrayed and really is walking out on the other side, how would you suggest approaching um, dating again as it's, I mean, I know it's definitely scary in general to date. Um, I'm not really one to be driven by fear, but as I'm headed into a new season and a new trajectory of life and looking for a partner that the Lord would have for me, um, what would you say would be the top, like, two or three things to focus on as I prepare my heart to date again? Uh, well, I would, uh, I would make sure that you got your whole heart back, meaning that when you are in a two-year commitment mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's lots of struggle, it lo- sounds like there was lots of, uh, yeah, lots of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so time spent and vulnerability are the place where we build soul ties. Mm. And I understand soul ties get a bad rap, you know, break unhealthy soul ties. That's right. Break all the unhealthy ones, but build the healthy ones. This is how you bond to your children. This is how you, you know, create an intimate marriage. This is how you connect with the Lord is in a soul tie. Well, when you have 
unhealthy soul ties, what you end up doing is in the separation, a big chunk of your life sticks to them mm-hmm. and walks off with them. And so your maybe your innocence walked away with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe your, uh, your idealism around marriage and uh, being a wife walked away with them. Uh, maybe, maybe a bunch of your hope and joy in relationships walked away with them. Your ability to be vulnerable and trust walked away with that person. So you come to the next relationship a fraction of who you were in that last one. And so you want to go get all that stuff back. And this is another one of the inner healing journeys is that I take the time to sit with the Lord and I say, Lord, I want my hope back Mm -hmm. and I want my trust back and I want my joy back. And you just sit there and let the Lord bring these things back to you until you look at your heart and you say, all right, it's whole. Mm -hmm. And then you'll go out and test it. Just like that. Missing part of that trust I was looking for. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember when I was, I think I was 14, and you sat me at the diner. Yeah. And it it was, you know, these little jellies that they have at the diner. And, you know, you said every relationship, you give a piece of your heart away. You know, um, again, I was dating a little boy, was what it feels like. (laughs) Well, you were a little girl. I was so little. But, you know, I think that has always stuck in my head. And even the, you know, if you glue two pieces of paper together and you try and separate them, you don't usually end up with two whole pieces of paper. And so the importance of going back out there with a whole heart again, I think gives you way more confidence to what I'm protecting and, and why am I giving this away? Are you able to trust my heart? And I remember still to this day, the, you suggested to give a little piece of my heart to this person and to watch how they took care of it. Because if they can't take care of it, if I have to pick it up off the floor, then why would I ever give them my whole heart? And, you know, I think that that's part of um, when you go after that healing and you get your heart whole again is knowing how valuable your heart is. And you know that you've, you've done the work when you're with this person, you don't feel the need to explain to them all the broken glass that you crawled through to get to this date. Mm -hmm. And you're standing there bleeding and going, be careful with me. Don't hurt me. You know, I, I, I gave a whole bunch of good stuff to that last one. Mm -hmm. I've come here in an ambulance. Like you're not ready. Yeah. You're not ready. You know, you, you want to come to this relationship with the excitement and the hope and the, the health that that you could have brought to that last one had you, or you probably did. You probably brought a bunch of that with you. You didn't come out with it. So mm-hmm. make sure you get it back so that you can offer it to the next relationship. Yeah, that's great. Great question, Allie. Thanks so much. All right, the next one comes from Jennifer. How do you cope with feelings of rejection from your past When you recognize the same behaviors and you notice that you're being triggered because you recognize that behavior before, but the person hasn't given you a reason not to distrust them. It's just a memory from your past. Definition of a trigger right there is I interpret 
all situations through one lens. Yeah. And this is, I think, the, the importance of healing, not just going through steps and motions of inner healing. And like you said, you could shabba all day long, but really when the change happens, you know, you are changed. Mm-hmm. You are no longer willingly participating in these behaviors. You have you identify them and you're like, I don't ever want to do this again. And I'm not going to do it again because I am changed. And I think that's the difference between fully getting healed and just going through the motions of, of healing is knowing that there's a different participation when mm-hmm. I'm going out there or in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. is that I'm a changed person. Yeah, I just, I mean, as you were talking, I have this picture of, of somebody going to the relationship and, and, and hoping for something and they, and they couldn't get it. So mm-hmm. like, let's say I, I went there, I went to the relationship to, to nourish, to get something to eat, and there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. And so I go to this cupboard and I open it up and there's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves me in this powerless panic of, oh my gosh, I, I can't get this met anywhere. Yeah. And I think that's the, the trigger piece is this situation leads me to that cupboard over and over, and that cupboard's always empty. Yeah, that's never changing. So I am, I'm hopeless. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm going to die. I, I, I know maybe I'm, I won't die. Maybe somehow I just keep living through this horrible thing. I yeah. wish I would, but I don't. And I'm looping. The healing part is I go to someone, I, I need something, it's not there. I go to another cupboard, and it's full. Mm-hmm. That's healing. Then I'm not sp- spun out in desperation because I'm going to this empty cupboard. I now go to a full cupboard, and I am nourished. I can be nourished from an eternal source, mm-hmm and not limited to an earthly source. Yeah, which I think goes back to you putting a human in your God spot, Yeah, you know, which is always a dangerous thing to, to play with, so mm-hmm. don't do it. All right, thanks, Jennifer, for your question. The next one we have comes from Courtney. Okay. Hi, Danny and Brittany. I wanted to get your thoughts on choosing a spouse. I've been dating this guy that is a super respectful man, He's a man of character. He treats me kindly, and he's such a great friend. Um, I know I could build a family and future with him. However, I don't feel attracted to him. The chemistry just really isn't there, and I don't necessarily enjoy his personality. What are your thoughts on choosing someone because you know that they will be an amazing spouse and a parent in the future, even though you don't necessarily feel in love with them, versus waiting until I have those in-love infatuation feelings. Thank you. Duh. <laughs> I, this, is not, this is not a good setup for you, girl. I mean, I think about the, the prepare and enrich uh, assessment that we take. You know, we, we do communication, conflict, and partner habits and styles, which we renamed to what I like about you. Mm-hmm. And when that sucker is low, I just go, oh, I don't know how this is going to work very well because mm-hmm. I cannot. I mean, when you're married, you're you're with your best friend forever. So they should be your best friend. They should be 
everything a best friend is. And then they added like, hey, hunk a hunk, I think you're so attractive. I mean, that should be there mm. for sure. I, I think that that's, those are some big elements of, I mean, I'm not saying shallow. That's the only thing that you should be attracted to have. But shallow hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking it is a crucial element. I mean, there's, all the boxes need to be checked for mm. me in the, that I'm attracted to you. I'm attracted to who you are, to what you bring, to, um, you know, sure, we all have funny habits that I think are, should be willing to get around, you know, like I, I just laugh. This is the example I always have with Ben is when you walk in our bedroom, you see my side of the bed because it's always cleaner than Ben's side of the bed. We could fight like cats and dogs over it, but it's not worth it. So there's a compromise there. But I, but again, you know, the, the pursuit and protecting, you know, each other and this best friend that you are building a world with, I think you should really be okay with who they are. Um, cause you may not be changing anything at all. I, I'm just thinking of all the things that I've heard recently about, uh, nice guys finish last. Okay. You know, that, uh, I, I was just listening to her, her set it up and I thought, oh, she's going to friend zone this guy because he, he, he does not tap her vulnerability. You know, he does not require her to be vulnerable mm. in their interaction. And so she's not attracted because that's where she's attracted. She wants to feel like, this guy really is, you know, <laughs> he's, he, he brings out a part of me that I, I need in order to attach, to connect. Mm-hmm. I need to have that, that place of vulnerability. And he's got to bring that strength. So this is why... Girls are attracted to bad boys all the time because they feel vulnerable. They feel like they can't control them. Like they're, you know, they're not going to be whatever. Danger zone. Yeah. So <laughs> nice guys, over. you got to learn how to like, okay, bring some adventure, bring some challenge, stand up for yourself. Don't be a wussy boy. You know, don't don't give away the farm, the ranch, the town, and everything so that you think this girl might like you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. It's, Come with some needs. Come, you know, be assertive in the relationship. Be more demanding, not like an sure. idiot, but like a man. Yeah. Like, hey, here's what I need from you. And she'll go, whoa, okay. Well, there you are. I was wondering where you are. I thought you were just the carpet that we just walked on all day long. But no, so d- don't passively let yourself be passed by because... Mm-hmm. 90% of what you bring is really what she wants, which is to, to feel loved and cherished and pursued and taken care of and, and valued. Mm-hmm. The other piece of it, though, is she's got to feel alive. Yeah. You know, she wants to feel alive. And don't be t- so afraid of being alive yourself that you can't introduce that into the relationship. Mm-hmm. I tell Ben, I told him this, and he's coined it and says it often, but that confidence is sexy, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, you know, when Ben is his most confident self, that is where I find him the most attractive mm-hmm. is, you know, he's a very handsome fellow, I will say that. And when he's got his confidence on, it is like double whammy. Mm-hmm. This is this is the best ever. 
Mm-hmm. But I think that's, you know, Ben can be unattractive when it's the mopey or, and it's really when he gets in his passive state. Mm-hmm. That passivity is what my strong personality that needs a lot of control and needs to feel really safe is craving mm-hmm. is, is when he's, when that's going on, it's really hard to mm-hmm. feel safe. So yeah, I, I think. And a lot I, yeah. In, in, in my relationship maturity with your mom, it was, it was about me taking a stand, you know, like I'm thinking I'm just here to serve. I'm just here to lay down my life. I'm just Christ-like. I'm just an absolute wimp who doesn't want to fight. And she's like, are you there? Are you there? Because if you're not going to fight for yourself, you're not going to fight for me. Yeah. And I'm scared. Yep. Oh, man. Well, thanks, Courtney. That was a good question. And, Mm -hmm. you know, fellas out there, go find some confidence. Mm -hmm. That's what us ladies need. (laughs) Have all these girls smiling at Uh us. (laughs) Yeah, the ones you can't see. Um, All right. Well, we're going to go jump into our testimony time. Awesome. I don't know about you, but I actually experience deeper learning when I talk about what I'm learning. And we have an opportunity for you to do that. It's becoming a Life Academy facilitator. As a Life Academy facilitator, you can lead one of our Life Academy courses. And you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be willing to be vulnerable and to lead others through the course. The teaching videos and the course guides do all the instruction and you're just going to facilitate that course. So if you want to experience deeper learning by facilitating a Life Academy course, visit lovingonpurpose.com, click courses, and lead a class today. All right, so our testimony comes from Sandy today. Awesome. Hey, Danny and Brittany. I just wanted to take some time to share um, my testimony on how uh, Kylo has really initially transformed my life, my immediate family's life, and now um, in my engagement season going into my marriage, um, just the principles that that Kylo has taught me um, first as a single, and I I remember um, being exposed to some of those principles a few years back when I I heard Danny uh, preach at at, um, Jesus Culture and um, just um, just seeing the culture that was cultivating within, you know, some of my friends that had had been around this culture for a while. And I just remember seeing the the different kind of fruit that came from, you know, powerful people and um, communication and connection and, and having boundaries. And um, just uh, seeing that really made me wanted to have change in, in the way I navigated. And um, just remember realizing that I was acting from a powerful, from a powerless place in a lot of areas in my life and just had to get very um, aware of the decisions I was making and why I was making them and um, where the decisions um, that I was making coming from a place of fear or out of a place of, I actually want to have connection with this person. And I started doing that initially for myself and then just started setting um, some boundaries with my family that eventually, you know, um, just set a little bit of an example for them. And now has completely changed the dynamic I have with my parents and going into, um, my marriage with, with Dan, I know I, uh, Brittany and Ben have, have been instrumental in, in our engagement season and just learning that I am responsible for me and, um, just, you know, like setting, setting boundaries to, um, 
to protect um, Daniel's and I connection and and just learning to um, just choose uh, connection over fear in our relationship, even when it gets scary and just communicating that. And I know that um, we are just getting equipped super well and um, have no no doubt that um, moving forward in, in our relationship and things like that, that um, we're going to create a family of that that chooses connection over fear and that has great boundaries and communication. And that is going to be, you know, one of the things Daniel and I talk about now is that we want to make sure that we're the example for people around us because you guys were initially that example for us. And we want to be a family, a whole family that changes the world around us so we're gonna keep fighting for that and just the work you guys have done and and just continue to impact us and just so thankful for the kylo team and um for you know Brittany and ben pouring into us and um for for danny and sherry the example um that they that they've set not only for um you know, through, through your ministry, but you just, for the community, it has greatly impacted us. So just super thankful for you guys and um, just excited to pass this on to the next generation. Um, doesn't get easier, but it's exciting to think that we get to choose connection over fear and just, we get to choose that to our, our children and, and they're going to teach that to their children. So thank you for impacting not only my generation, but the generations after us. She's excited. Yes, She's going to change the world. She is. That's fun. It's It's been fun working with them. You know, again, when you've got some local people, you get to know them a little bit more than um, those from around the world, which are always fun to hear their stories as well. Um, but having a face, you know, and uh, someone that you get to hug at church mm-hmm. on the occasion, and, you know, you do the DTR course, defining the relationship course with them and, and different things, and you kind of, you know, Ben and I have really gotten to dive into really their their pain spots, you know, mm-hmm. their their things that they picked up um, as, as traumas, ch- children, and, and really having to challenge them to go and get find growth and breakthrough. And um, so it's been really fun to to see what they're bringing to their family and, and really watching them, you know, grow in these concepts, you know, and, and – all of that's been really, really, a, it's a fun journey to, again, walk with someone so closely. And, um, and I know, I, I mean, I remember with Sandy, just kind of her whole family has kind of been uh, lit up in the best way with Kylo. So that's fun to watch and see. So. <laughs> Kylo Evangelist. Yes, she's, uh, every, she is. She's out there. Everyone starts sharing what they've learned. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this is kind of an example of, whole healthy people mm-hmm. create whole healthy families yep. that you know that that perpetuation mm-hmm. of facing your your fears facing your wounds being willing to grow and and uh, apply truth and you know, I, I think that this particular episode where we talk about chasing fear away it, it, it comes from the securing, the establishing of the love of the Father in our lives. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we use the the orphan heart analogy a lot, where we essentially, you know, I'm I'm on my own. You know, nobody's going to protect me. Nobody really values me or knows me. 
uh, something's wrong with me, nobody wants me, that, mm-hmm. all that internal dialogue, when you get triggered, it, if that's where you go, then you're like, okay, this is a, a, a spot where the Lord has to show up and reprogram me. Mm-hmm. In essence, I was, I was programmed on this planet in darkness, in fear, and now I invite the Holy Spirit to come and reprogram, you know, to no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed mm. through the renewing of my mind, to literally be reprogrammed in how I experience not only where I am, but my past. Like yeah. my past, when, when I access my past, I want, I want to see the, the hand of the Lord. I, you know, I want to see it, uh, uh, his goodness. I want to taste and, and carry that into the tomorrow that I build so that my children, my legacy is now rooted in the freedom that truth brought. Yeah. And I think that's a powerful thing to just be so aware of as a single is that I'm, I'm setting myself up for success. Mm-hmm. I'm setting myself up for a phenomenal marriage. I'm setting myself up for having the tools that are needed to build a family, mm-hmm. you know, and not getting hung up on the, my family didn't know what they were doing, which means I can't, you know, that's so far from a lie. I mean, I think of where you and mom came from, you have significant childhood trauma, you know, and here you are, you know, and you didn't do the work, but you should have, but you know, you did a little bit of work, you got saved in the beginning. So that's, that's a step really one. great step. Yep. Uh huh. But, you know, I think just the power of healing and what it can do to transform your life and the goodness of God and all that he says yes to doing, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you build a, a different platform for your children, mm-hmm. you know, and then they build a different platform for their children. And you get to watch it. I mean, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, my grandchildren have abs they don't even smell like the smoke of the fire that we crawled out of yeah you know it's just such a beautiful thing and and i think huh they probably smell smoke on me every once in a while like papa smells like a little smoky <laughs> there you know like yeah it's because i just don't know what i don't know as far as what affected me and how it affected me and and however the people experience that but I tried my, my best to to grow and change and keep it off my kids, and then, you know what? And then I think, gosh, you know, when Lainey and Addie and Lincoln are having babies, what is that going to look like? I you don't. Know? I don't even know. I know. I don't know that I'm ready to think about all those things. I think Addie I just turned twelve, so it's a. I'm like, what's happening? I They're know. all growing. Lainey's sixteen. Oh man, but I'm. I mean. Again, working with like Sandy, hearing her say, you know, we're going to build a family Mm -hmm. that is different than what we were given, you know, but you can hear the value for her family and and that's beautiful. And she's like, and I'm going to do more Mm -hmm. because of these tools. Yeah. And as soon as you blend your life with another person, you get to test all your theories. (laughs) Yes. This you know, you get to test. There's lots of practice coming her way. Her you get Daniel. to test all the, yeah. all the, the places that you, uh, you, you built for strength. You get to find out how strong they are. Mm-hmm. 
It's, uh, you They'll know. have a new relearning of Kylo, I think, is yeah. what, a new application. And again it. and again. And uh-huh. you, what happens, though, is you just keep adding strength to those areas. And eventually, you know, you can drive a cement truck over that bridge because it's no longer a walking bridge. Mm-hmm. It's now, uh, it's fortified yeah. because of the work that you kept doing. You can engineer the thing in the beginning to hold what you think it should hold. But it, the, the real test comes when you drive that first cement truck over there, you know. <laughs> How much do I trust this? You're like, wow, <laughs> wow, that was a lot. That uh, We might want to do a little more work on those pillars down Before there. Before we do that again. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, again, I love that we're kind of challenging these singles to go take a hard inside look and mm-hmm. and chase away those those lies and you know it's it's amazing how fear limits your life and I think it limits your opportunities so you know we're in the relationship business so we don't want you to feel limited there we want you to feel free there and you know the ammo really is that we would we would learn practice understand love as much or better that we experienced fear mm. and believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that my first go-to really is remembering that I'm a dearly loved child of a king mm-hmm. and not that I would have to sort through I'm all by myself again. Yeah, that's so good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here at the Kyla Show. And... Tell somebody. We are yes. Tell somebody. Tell everybody. Um, but we're we're challenging those singles out there to get healthy and whole, so you can, you know, if you so choose to, build a healthy family someday that will help save the world. Yeah. And that's what we're all. Well, about. whole healthy people are just more fun to be around. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and you want to be fun to be with, for sure. Yeah. So thanks so much for joining us here at the Kyla Show. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to join us next week when Danny and Brittany talk about the importance of covenant relationships. Never miss an episode by subscribing to The Kylo Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. And don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armerding, co-produced by Ashley Beck, Leah Alexander, Anna Hill, Sherry Silk, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.